The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal. From the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. And welcome to another edition of Engaging Truth. I'm your host, John Kane. With us today, we have Pastor Bill Dash of Bill Dash Ministries. Welcome to the program, Bill. Glad to be with you guys this afternoon. So tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, first of all, uh, I want to thank Dave and you for getting me on here and the others that are assisting today. I've been a Lutheran pastor since 1973. I want people to know who, who think that the dinosaurs lived back then. They did. <laughs> and I, I'm part of those that are left over. Uh, but graduated from seminary in 1973, was a pastor full time for 42 years. And since 2015, have been uh, full time in a prayer ministry where we pray for healing and wholeness. So tell us how you got into that. I know some of that backstory, but tell our listeners how you got into praying and in this ministry of leading others to pray for, for health and wholeness and faith? Well, thanks for that question. You know, when I was a pastor in Commerce, Texas, uh, my first church, I used to pray for people. And there were times when people would get healed and some would come in who had cancer and all of a sudden their cancer would be gone. And I thought in my mind, so I was working on my doctorate in counseling, that's a placebo effect. That can't be anything more than that. It's just their mind. It never occurred to me that God still heals today. So I went around just thinking, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I kept seeing healing after healing happen, but never could put it together. And so when I went to Houston, it was there in that atmosphere and a few other things that happened. And working with people like Dave Schultz, who has a real gift of prayer and healing, I believe, that God began to move me and open my eyes to see that he not only heals today, he uses people who are clay pots, even like me, and I'm not just a clay pot. I think I'm a crack pot on there and certainly chipped up and broken in a lot of places. He can use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And we just saw many miracles happen there. It was at that time that someone from California came and visited and said, you've got to take this public and let people know what you're doing. But at that time, I wasn't sure it was Lutheran. I wasn't sure that it was Christian. I wasn't sure what was happening yet. But as I began to read God's word, I discovered not only is it uh, in the Bible, not only did uh, God uh, heal people, Jesus healed people, the uh, early disciples healed people, the early church really took over the Roman Empire through healings and exorcisms. You've got Martin Luther prayed for healing, and I found this rich heritage all throughout our history on praying for healing, got to studying it more. And God just began to release more of that upon me and others around in that church through the other pastors as well. And I began to grow into it until finally, when I went away on a uh, prayer and fasting thing before I moved to Mansfield, Texas, to take a church there, that would be my third church and, and as being a full-time pastor, went off fasted and prayed. Then I wrote down, when that moment came, I felt the presence of God strong in the room. What I did was I wrote down whatever he was telling me, and he told me in no uncertain words to leave St. Mark, go to this other place. And then he says, for this time, and he said, then I want you to do what I created you to do, and that is to do this ministry of healing and wholeness. So that's exactly what I did. 
exactly what I did. So now we have this ministry. We have a team of 10 people on our team here in Mansfield. And what we do is we teach people how to pray for healing and wholeness through biblical instruction and through experience. We believe not just in information, but transformation. And uh, we pray for people like on, we have a Miracle Monday that we do where people call in from all over the United States and sometimes throughout the world. We've got Teaching Tuesday. We've got personal appointments and we do conferences and workshops all the time all across the nation now. So let's get into that a little bit. How can people begin to pray? What's the, what, where would you have someone start, Bill? You know, I think people sometimes think that you've got to be a, uh, I don't know, maybe a monk or something somewhere who's been away in the desert for 20 years to start praying for healing. And, and what's amazing is that Jesus took 12 ordinary people called his disciples, the first apostles, and just being with him, they went out under his charge when he said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out evil spirits, and cleanse those who have leprosy. Well, those, when Jesus left, were filled with the Holy Spirit when Jesus ascended into heaven. And the early church, that was just a normal thing for them as well, to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out evil spirits, and cleanse those who have leprosy. And so I think what we're seeing is that I want to tell people that you are not that different from the early disciples. You have the same baptism they had, baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that was inside of them lives inside of you. And Paul says that that's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That's a game changer right there. And you realize the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. And in the Bible, I see where it says the spirit of God was there to heal. Come on, we got all those things. And then we've got the same call, the same call to make disciples of all nations and teaching them to observe whatever I have commanded you. And part of that is when Jesus said, to the disciples in Matthew and Luke, go and once again, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out evil spirits, cleanse those who have leprosy. And you know, uh, it's clear as a bell that the church has a, a ministry of preaching, teaching, and healing and wholeness. So now, Bill, is this uh, something like a, a, a Harry Potter sort of uh, incantation, or what's a source of power and authority? Is it up to me to say the right words? Well, obviously, the only person that heals is Jesus Christ, not us. There you find go. The Bible, time and time again, uh, Peter and John find this uh, paralyzed man on the way when they're going out to pray one day. And he said, hey, why are you all excited? It's by the power in the name of Jesus Christ. This man has been healed. And I think that when we ask people, uh, we generally don't ask them, what can we pray with you about? Although we will sometimes. We oftentimes say, what would you like for Jesus to do for you? You see, it's God who heals. And what I like is Psalm 103, where it says, he forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases. Now, we believe that he's, he forgives all our sins today, right? Right. Right. Now, why don't we believe the second half, that he heals all our diseases? Why don't we have more faith in just going out and praying for healing? I think oftentimes things don't happen because we don't even bother to pray. But we do have some legitimate doubts about this whole thing, quite frankly, John. I think that some of the things I've seen on TV and in churches would turn most people off. And the glory certainly doesn't go to God. Right. It needs to be a person. And oftentimes I see people in what I call healing lines that go to a certain person because they believe that person is going to heal them, not realizing it's God who heals them. Right. And I think we have a responsibility to tell people when we pray for them that it is God who is the healer, certainly not us. So we don't take the credit. And by the way, I kind of like that. It's kind of like evangelism. I don't convert anybody. The Holy Spirit does that. So when they're not converted, I always say, hey, 
I get another chance. I don't feel bad about it. So when people don't get healed, I always look at myself, but I never blame them for it. Uh, here's what I've also seen in some other churches where I've been. Sometimes people will say, you just have to believe more. And it becomes a law thing. If you just believe this much, you'll be healed. You just have enough faith. You weren't healed because you didn't have enough faith. And that is hogwash. I mean, Jesus raised people from the dead. And quite frankly, when they were dead, their faith wasn't exactly real active, right? That's absolutely right. And there were people that didn't have a clue. The Bible tells about some people, well, who, who healed you? I don't even know who this guy was, says. Right, right. I want to tell you what, God heals us because, first of all, that's his nature. He's a good, loving, compassionate God. Secondly, I believe that Jesus came down, he said, to bring the kingdom in, to destroy the devil and his works. And whenever we see somebody get healed, restored, renewed, we see a, a, a glimpse of the kingdom the way God intended it for it to be. Uh, Dorothy Ludwig, a professor at Concordia Irvine, once said that this was order restored, that Jesus came and is restoring order, like bring us back to the Garden of Eden. So when you, someone gets healed, they throw down the bottle. When they get off of drugs, their life has changed, their marriage is restored. You get a glimpse of what God always wanted us to be. That's the kingdom coming. It is a, a bit of now, but not yet. It's not yet the fulfillment of it when it'll be that way all the time. But we get a glimpse of what God always wanted us to be like and what he has for us. Well, as you're keeping it real here, Bill, you're giving us some glimpses of some of the things you've seen. Do you have any examples of some of the things that you've seen God do? You know, there, there's, <laughs> I know one, uh, one person who uh, used to be a Lutheran that uh, has a list of things that he sees people do. And, uh, and he just keeps a list of that. I don't keep lists, but let me just share some of the things that really turned me around. There have been, when we were at St. Mark in Houston, we just saw a large number of miracles. And Dave can attest to that. And, you know, there's some things that turned me around, seeing God do such amazing things. But I have seen things like uh, a man who was brain dead for three days. He was restored and came back. And David was there praying for him before I went in the room, too, and some others were, and so on. And, and Wow, his wife, who was an agnostic, not agnostic, she said she was an atheist, said, I'll believe in a, any God who can do something like that. I'm telling you that signs and wonders were used by the disciples, and, and God gave those things, I think, to turn people in a non-Christian culture to the faith so that they get their attention. And I believe we're in a post-Christian culture, and I believe God is getting people's attention by releasing a renewal of the Holy Spirit and what he does. So let me give an example again, very quickly. I was in California. California gave me a grant to come up there, five trips. And during those five, I probably did at least 15, 20 churches. But one church gave me one hour in the morning. They were a little scared about what might happen. And I don't blame them. They didn't know me from Adam. But they gave me one hour in the morning to do a Bible class. It lasted four hours. In the afternoon, the evening, they gave me another hour to do a class there. It lasted four hours. Let me give you an example. So here in that, that particular last class, I, I asked for someone who had a problem with their back to stand up because backs, usually God heals always somebody who's got a back problem. 80% of Americans have back problems. So God was healing that day in a mighty way and started off with a pastor who says, I don't have a back problem, but I have an eye problem. I can't see out of one of my eyes. And I prayed for him three times and nothing happened. And I want to tell you what a letdown when somebody brings you in all the way <laughs> and the first person you pray for, nothing happens. And then I asked him, I said, hey, didn't I 
here you say something about being a missionary. And he said, yeah. And he told me he was in Central America. I said, where did you live? Did you ever get around any kind of voodoo or witch doctors? He said, actually, yeah, that a witch doctor actually lived in the house that we lived in before we got it. He said he moved out and we moved in. And I said, oh, just a second. So one of the things we've learned about spiritual warfare is sometimes demons can harass people. And sometimes, I'm not saying all, sometimes they can really uh, add to some kind of ailment somebody has. And so we just did a little thing where we just called out this spirit. And you know what? As soon as we called out that spirit, all of a sudden this guy says, oh my. He said, my bad eye is my good eye. I can see, I can see. Well, by that moment, from then on, we couldn't teach anymore. And we went three and a half hours more. I'm telling you, and out of 40 people, 39 got healed. I've seen like things happen. I've seen everything from people get out of wheelchairs. They can't walk. I've seen them bring people in. They're, they're carrying them in that run around. I was at a Lutheran church where one guy came in and uh, we prayed for him. They carried him in. And then I said, now what I want you, you're standing up. I want you to run around in front of this church. And he ran around in front of us. I said, now I want you to praise God for your healing. And he said, well, I'll praise God for my healing if I'm still healed after choir practice tonight. <laughs> well, I never saw him until I went back to that church about three months later. And I was teaching a Bible class there. And this little old man came up to him and he said, do you remember me? I said, yeah. I said, how are you doing? He says, God healed me that night. He says, but I didn't, I was embarrassed to tell everybody about what happened. And you know, we don't give a testimony to God oftentimes about what, what, what has happened to us. But in any case, everything that you can imagine from arthritis, cancer, I've seen cancer healed immediately. I've seen eye problems. Uh, we were in a church in Arkansas during an eight o'clock service. At the end, people came up for prayer and prayed over a lady on the third time. She had bad eyes, couldn't hardly see. Third time, her eyesight was totally restored. The next service, when we had a, in the gym, which was a contemporary service there, the pastor interrupted me at the end and said, I want y'all to know that so-and-so, you know, in the eight o'clock service had her eyesight restored. And then the entire gym came forward for prayer. God is doing something new today. And I believe that people are willing to at least just, you know, hey, I believe, help my unbelief. Just give it a shot. Get out there, lay hands on people, pray, pray. Pray outrageously. Pray like, you know, like uh, like you never prayed before. Just go ahead and do it and watch what God's going to do. Look, my wife gets embarrassed when I go someplace sometimes because I always ask the waiter, can I pray for you? If I'm in Walmart and I see someone and God says, pray for him, I'll pray for him there. If I'm in an airplane sitting next to somebody, I guarantee I'm going to talk to them and try to pray for them. Now they've got earphones and they can, you know, zoom you out, but, but I'll do my best. I want you to know that if you go ahead and just start praying for people, you're going to see God heal somebody at some point, I guarantee. And then you're never going to go back. So what do you say for somebody who says, well, I've been praying for something for years and nothing has happened? Thank you for asking about that. I want to talk about the uh, problem of unanswered prayer. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, it's not uncommon. We believe that God heals you immediately. He can do that gradually. Sometimes it takes a while. I've seen people like two, three days, a week, three months, and then things happen to them or ultimately. But God always hears our prayers. He answers in his timing and with his wisdom. And I just kind of, uh, when it comes to unanswered prayer, there's a mystery, quite frankly. I don't know why some people uh, 
get healed and others don't. I don't know why we can have some people the same night, everybody getting healed and one person doesn't get healed. I don't know why. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this, something about the mysteries of God. And those are some of the mysteries that unless you learn to accept the fact that we will never understand everything about everything, uh, it's hard to pray for people. But one thing I want to emphasize, please never blame people for, for healing not happening. I think some people project their helplessness on other people and say the reason you didn't get healed once again is because you don't have enough faith. And I just hate to hear that. I just hate to hear that all the time. But I hear it in a lot of, lot of different places where I go. Yeah, when that healing comes, that's really a gift. And, uh, you know, to, uh, to tell somebody that they've been deprived of the gift of God is just absolutely wrong. I think, uh, I, I think if God uh, delays in answering to us, uh, maybe he's teaching us to come into alignment with his will in some other way. Um, but he knows what's best. Um, it's a tremendous opportunity for us to be in prayer for each other, though. And I, I think we're instructed by Jesus to pray, aren't we? <laughs> Look, not only that, you know, I'm writing a book for a, a, a church in California. What they're going to do is do a, they're going to become a pilot program for prayer. And, and what we're talking about, that one's just on prayer. It's called pray about it. And one of the things is that the, it's the only time the disciples said, hey, teach us something. And that teaching was teach us to pray. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, honestly, if you look at prayer in the Bible, Jesus is praying all the time. He, he disappears for all the time, uh, praying. Disciples are praying. The, the Bible's just full of prayer. And what's, what's interesting is Lutheran Church on Commission, Commission on Theology and Church Relations in 2011 uh, said something about that while 80% of Americans pray, not everybody prays to the same God, nor do we pray so fervently. Now, Jesus prayed and he was weeping and he had all kinds. He prayed genuinely. But sometimes we go through the motions of prayer. And sometimes it's kind of like, well, let's have a quick prayer. In fact, think about church meetings. How many times have they started saying, Pastor, would you have a quick prayer for us so we can get down to business? <laughs> I would suggest that prayer is the business of the church. And I want to tell you, when I did one of the workshops in, uh, in Phoenix, I did the brain on prayer. Narberg and some others have been studying what the brain looks like on prayer. And you can see a definite difference when you're in prayer on what starts happening. Things start connecting. And Martin Luther said that he prayed two hours a day. And if he was really busy, he'd do three. And what that does, your brain is actually working to put things together while you're sleeping even. And that's why you can go to bed at night thinking about something in the morning, wake up and your brain has solved it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing the way God designed us. Yeah. You know, uh, talking about uh, how Jesus prayed, I remember hearing that in Luke's gospel, particularly, uh, look at every time that Jesus prays, that's immediately before major events happen in Jesus' ministry. That is absolutely correct. When you start thinking, him, well, ultimately, going to the cross. Right. You, praying, you want to talk about unanswered prayer. In right. one way, he said, Father, you know, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I want to say that uh, Jesus just was, he just oozed prayer. And I think it's because he understood that he needed a relationship with the Father. And that was his way of doing that. And I wish we could understand that we were created for a relationship with the Father. Right. And that God has always wanted everyone to be part of his family. Now, some people have refused to be part of his family. 
But the family of God is called to reach out to our members who are not there and to really to be say, hey, we have a God that loves you. God is good. In fact, let me give you a quick uh, model that we use for prayer for your listeners. Okay. You know, everybody's heard of the Acts model, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Well, uh, I'm from Louisiana. We're not real smart down there. So we cut it down from four to three and just called it PAT, P-A-T, praise, ask, and thank. And it goes like this. So we praise God when we start to pray. God, you are a good father. You're worthy of praise and honor and glory. And today uh, I come before you and we ask whatever it is with John who has cancer, not you, John, uh, but someone over here who has cancer, we ask you to uh, curse that cancer, uh, to heal this man in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for you're a good God who is concerned about your people. It can be as simple as that. It can be yeah. as simple as that. You see, praying for healing is no different than praying for anybody else. It's simply intercessory prayer. That's all it is. We'll come back to Bill in just a moment. I wanted to uh, tell our listeners to visit our website, elmhouston.org. On that website, you can find out more about us. You can get links to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube accounts. You can uh, listen to podcasts of past programs, and there's also ways for you to write us and ways for you to support us so that you can support what you listen to. Uh, all of your on-the-air hosts are volunteers, so your tax-deductible donations go far to help us purchase airtime. Now, coming back to Bill, real quickly, Bill, we've just got about two or three minutes. Tell, tell our listeners real quickly how they can uh, get to your website, and if you would very quickly give us your vision for uh, what you'd like to see Christians doing in prayer. Mm. First of all, uh, I want to say you can contact us on, at bill-dash, at bill-dash.com, and that's my personal email, but bill-ministries will take you right to our website, bill-ministries, and we've got, uh, we've got resources that are free that are downloadable as well. We do do conferences and workshops. I just published a book called Spiritual Warfare that just came out on Amazon by Dr. Bill Dash. And then my wife said, I have to show you this one or else this whole thing, I get slaughtered on this. Sorry about that. She wrote a book called Behind the Collar. <laughs> so she said, you better tell them about my book too. So, so there it is. It's out there. Well, you were asking though more, about, you were saying what now, the vision of it. Let me tell you what the vision of this is. First of all, the vision of Bill Dash Ministries is to, to see every family every church being a church of prayer. We'd like to make it a normal part of the way we interact, not just at church, but wherever we are. And it's kind of like, we have this vision of, uh, when I was in, at St. Mark in Houston, we took our kids to uh, Huntsville State Park and all these kids are catching these little tiny, tiny fish. And one guy was, little kid was catching nothing. I went over and said, what's wrong? He said, I don't know. I said, pull your line up. And this guy had a 10 inch worm on it. I mean, that's about three to four times bigger than any of those fish he's catching. I said, I see the problem. You've got too big a bait. And he said, no, sir, I don't have too big a bait. I need a bigger fish. I need a bigger <laughs> fish. <laughs> and I think that's what we're saying. We'd like to see yeah. the church, Missouri Senate just become a church of prayer. We've got great theology. Look, we've got amazing worship. This is a great church. I believe that one of the things Jesus taught, he preached and he prayed. And I say, let's just reclaim all of Jesus' ministry for his church today. And watch what happens when people see the gospel demonstrated with power, not just preach with power, but demonstrated. I believe we're going to see a massive revival in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate. 
Well, that's something to pray about, that God would uh, sweep through this uh, nation, sweep around the globe, turning hearts towards Jesus, so that uh, through Jesus, the world's one and only Savior, they may be saved, completely freed from sin and guilt, and given the blessing, the gift of not only life with God in this earth, but also life face-to-face with God in eternity given the blessing, the gift of not only life with God in this earth, but also life face-to-face with God in eternity. Bill, I want to thank you for your ministry and for being with us today. We tell our listeners to join us again real soon for another edition of Engaging Truth. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.